And in the studio with me today is Reclaim, uh, Rohan Sable. Uh, how are you, bro? I'm good, how are you? I'm really good. The Pune weather has been really grateful right now, you know? Yeah, we are blessed yeah. always during this time. I love the rains. Yeah. It's best. It's like always drizzling. It's not overpowering like Mumbai or something or some other other places. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's unsure, but whatever yeah. it is, I like it better than the heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> when were you, or when did you come to Pune from uh, Mexico? Uh, I have been in Pune. Uh, I I don't uh, stay in Mexico. I just right. visit there because my wife is from Mexico. Right, right, right. So we try to do like once in every two years. Right, right, right. So right. my last trip was uh, last year uh, during the summer. Okay, okay, okay. So I was there for about two months. Oh, right. So so it was a long but. Uh, uh, I think April, right. May, June like that. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So uh, since then, uh, what have you been working on? Uh, been always working on music. Right. And uh, also, I have my own business. Right, right. I'm a studio, uh, dance studio owner. Oh, yeah, With yeah. my wife. Right, so, right, right. that is my work and yeah. music is my work. So, I mix both. That's how yeah, I yeah, do yeah. it. That's yeah. how you roll, yeah. Uh, so, how did you uh, come about uh, discovering music? So, let's before discussing that, let's. Uh, I want to ask you, uh, where did you grow up? And uh, uh, did you... Did you uh, transition from uh, early stage of listening to music or it was a something you discovered in college or it was a late stage discovery for you that's a good question I uh, my music I think the earliest memories of music for me was actually uh, back as a kid maybe uh, maybe when I was 8, 9, 10 you know right right uh, a little, little older than that but I used to always visit <coughs> my cousins yeah. and my uncle yeah. Um, uh, my cousin's dad was a big rock fan okay. and uh, so I used to spend like summers there they used to live like just a block away yeah. and uh, whenever I was at my cousin's my uncle used to put on like all these rock uh, CDs back then right, right, right. and he used to be blasting it right. and he used to make both like his son and me sit <laughs> and listen to this <laughs> that's <laughs> totally how ro- people do listen to rock yeah because right. he is he is a proper rock star until right. late he is right. so uh, my early early memories were like the eagles right uh, then uh, ACDC and yeah. all, all the classic rock so you, music. So, you, you, so you grew up basically listening to great music uh, I hope I hope so. Yeah, it, it, is, it is great music, yeah. man. I I certainly wish yeah. I would have you know, but I did not you know get. Yeah, that but it's surprising because uh, Castellino means you're a <laughs> yeah, yeah. born Christian. It is, it is, yeah, it is surprising. But actually, I'm from Mangalore. Actually, I'm from Mangalore, down okay. south. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but uh, I I grew up in Mumbai, uh, but actually never you know got into the friend circle uh, right. where. Uh, like uh, I didn't have an uncle or someone yeah. who introduced me but yeah. later in college um, I, I met some people great people no? yeah. uh, they introduced me to some great shit college and, and it was like a quick nice snap time. yeah yeah, it's a great <laughs> time especially involved. if you're in music then I think everyone should spend time just listening to music and even that would be a really productive thing to do even if you're yeah. a DJ or you know, even if you're a producer you will analyze and break, break this shit down and yeah so uh, yeah, I believe and the funny thing is like both of my uh, folks, my parents, they don't listen to music as, as right. much as uh, I do. Right, right. And uh, so I think it, my my experience was only through my family, right. and then later on through friends. Uh, then then actually I became a, a music uh, enthusiast uh, very early on, right. and started researching on uh, 
once i started knowing the names and i researched the artists the so bands you were listening to rock at that time right yeah and then i transitioned to punk rock right. then that was my of course right uh taste of music as growing up in school i remember blink 182 till date is one of my favorite bands right 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 loved that loved all the punk bands went to that stage had a piercing all over Ooh. did all that and uh i think then slowly transitioned to electronic music <laughs> yeah <laughs> slowly so so what was the uh, phase uh when you get it, uh, was was it a, again a transition of friend circle or uh, did you in, in, uh, did you find the electronic realm by yourself or i would say uh definitely influenced by friend circle right like uh the older friends especially yeah uh, and uh, i've always had a great bunch of uh, older friends so in pune because it's such a small city uh you know you chill with like different generations right. so right. we were in the middle generation we still are and then there is one generation above us i, I wouldn't say generation i would say like a 3 or 4 year gap right right and then their uh, brothers and sisters were our friends so we are that and then the younger generation another 3 years below right. us right right so always inf- and they always got into everything first yeah and yeah. then it uh, went down the right, <laughs> right, 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 right. so that's how i got involved and i think from punk rock um, i was straight into psy okay. uh, psychedelic music right then slowly got into uh, house music deep okay. house house tech house and then finally techno so oh, that no, that's, no. that's how much um that's like a huge bump in tempo and then a yeah drop yeah there. yeah but i i never looked at music or never perceived music as tempo never right. it right. was always to do with uh, the feeling the energy the the sounds that are in uh, so the, you know there's there's super fast jazz music also right yeah but it's right. as uh-huh. fast as sai right 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 and uh, it has a totally different vibe to it so yes yes you're completely right so i don't look at it as tempo yeah yeah completely right so do you think this uh, uh, change in music uh, uh, reflected in your life in a way or would you say it was vice versa your life kind of influenced this uh journey of music both i would say both yeah, okay it was a swap of both yeah i think uh music influences the way you uh live the way you uh choose your friends right the way the you hang out with who you want to hang out with like today i'm pretty sure i won't be able to hang out with someone who as much who doesn't appreciate the music that i appreciate you know right. and listen to so i think yeah it forges friendships it forges uh, the way in life so music is for me a very big part of everything right right so your so friend circles generally involved artists and uh, yeah. producers like right? out of 10 maybe 5 of them are artists. yeah that's a ratio it's, yeah yeah it's always yeah. There. and um, but i also have a lot of friends who generally don't uh, get in that involved but everyone loves uh, music there's no one no one that i hang out with on a like a weekly or monthly basis is, right. who probably says i don't like music <laughs> there's no one like that yeah it's hard to hang out around people who exactly. literally yeah. say they don't love music it's very hard to understand like how maybe there's like some no i can relate uh, i can relate to that fact like i don't like certain things yeah yeah that is a good analogy yeah then, so right. i i i try to live a life where i don't judge anyone yeah. and anything right right so i maybe will try my best to chill with them but yeah it is very hard man because they just walk away when you play music and you walk away when it's not <laughs> yeah that's true i need music all the time for sure 
so uh, when was the time uh, you first uh, created music with your own was your first creation as a musician which was probably not very i am assuming it not very you know a banger but it was probably a not experimental very, banger 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 yeah, yeah. no i think i always meant banger music but as a kid also i used to uh, experiment with different softwares so right. you know what really hit me so what what age did you discover uh, uh, any software uh, fruity loops was fruity loops yeah the first software right. that uh, i got into and uh, in fact i have some of the tracks that i have made about a decade ago and if i listen to them i still feel like you know uh, they do have something different than uh, what uh, i'm amazed by what uh, got into me that i was doing that and maybe one day i'll make you listen to it yeah yeah sure yeah. Yeah. but I it's not clean it obviously oh, because yeah. uh, it doesn't sound uh, good enough to play but yeah. the, the elements and the sounds and the structure yeah. that i chose also back then uh, i was actually just listening to some uh recently so uh, i'm pretty happy with the direction that i took back then right right, right. so uh, if you start using with fruity loops right yeah so what kind of music did you start making first what genre of music did you start making first uh i think the first attempts were house, house. techno and yeah. sai all three right right um uh, so you uh uh discovered this uh uh software by yourself or no 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 i didn't discover this so yeah there was one stage where uh, i had some friends who were uh, producers right and uh, one of my very good friends uh, ruben matthew is from delhi right and he picked it up from his brothers and then he showed it to us right. then i don't know if you know cg chaitanya uh, he's a very good artist based in pune you must be knowing yeah. cg yeah. so these guys uh, started fiddling around with the software and then i went back and downloaded it and right, right. started fiddling around with myself right. and i think it took me 3 to 4 years to actually get something which i would like to share with people right right yeah so thing is very that. early on yeah 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 so uh, uh what what was your progression uh, did you switch doors any at any point yeah or did you experiment with some other doors yes i did experiment so i think fruity loops lasted for maybe a 2 3 years as i told you right. and then uh, we switched to i think ableton i also ableton. fiddled around with uh, logic for a bit right. but never liked logic never found that connection but once ableton entered my life it was just that all right all right so you are one of those uh, people who were you know lifted up from the <laughs> yeah like i i I would sell Ableton to people if I had to. Like, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is. It is basically a modular synthesizer in itself. Yeah, know? exactly. If you look at it, yeah. yeah. And it's Especially, so easy. Yeah. I mean, anyone right. who's starting off new, right. I would uh, if they come to me for advice, I would say Ableton. Yeah. yeah. Me personally, I even I started uh, with FL Studio as a beginner, and I was also pretty. Uh, 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 I would say early in early stages of my life, like uh, around. Uh, eight standard or nine standard. We started listening to EDM and all that shit. So we started fiddling around. So since I was using that for a few years, it was harder for me to you know just pick up able to. I tried like I had to try twice, thrice. Like uh-huh. I installed it, I used it, I just hated it, so I deleted it. Then maybe after a few years, after meeting Josefa, okay, I I was like because uh, it was like a complete walk through what 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 you didn't know. actually what you knew but you didn't know what where you had to get it from 
and actually there is this layout of right having this live uh, uh, section and then an arrangement view is yeah. so better right yeah because yeah. no other door has that one back then no yeah now i think everyone now, has adopted yeah, that now they are started but adopting. they were the first uh, Yeah. And also, I I feel what really attracted me towards Ableton is the way that you can sample. Right. The sampler. sampler is so simpler, simpler, and uh, just sampler. just the just to audition your sounds, right, you know, right. from the browser. Yeah, yeah. Like Logic, I remember was so tedious. Yes, yes, yes. yes I don't know if you worked on Logic. Yeah, I have. I totally forgot how free loops was, but Ableton, you just click on any loops that you have, right. and it auditions it in the same uh, yeah, beat yeah. that you are. Right, right, right. And in the same that, tempo. Yeah. And I'm a very uh, I love percussions in my music. Yeah. I love to if. Have as many percussions as possible, and I'm a very groove-based uh, producer. Right. So definitely, that really kicked it off for me. <laughs> right, right, right. That is a very good tool, yeah, to you know, uh, quickly uh, have your samples auditioned and in tempo, you know, because then you're always in the yeah. groove. You're not leaving. Because the yeah, Ableton was made for live uh, yeah. <coughs> performance. Performance, you know. Right. Yeah. Like I never DJed with it. I know some of the best DJs who DJ with Ableton. Right. But uh, for me, it was always Tractor right. earlier on. But yeah, that's the Ableton. So since you're an Ableton user, it'd be easy for you to transition into a live set, right? Yeah. So I have never attempted to play live or given it a thought, rather. Right. But uh, I think I was telling you earlier, my yeah. my only uh, recent attempt at live was all original set. I really like uh, DJing, you know. I yeah, really I enjoy that. Right, right. And uh, if you ask me, if I if I have to spend ten hours, I'd DJ for eight hours and produce for two hours. That is yeah. how I am. I'm very. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love uh, mixing music, selecting music. I think DJing also is. Uh, it's not maybe playing your own music, but you are going on the fly and selecting tracks and elements and smashing them together. Right. It is uh, definitely it's a life process in its own way. Right, I don't right, know if you get right. what I'm saying. Yeah, let's yeah. let's talk about DJing a lot. Like uh, because a lot of people uh, don't understand like what DJing is. DJing uh, is uh, because it's like uh, the use of the this term has been used in the commercial business uh, a lot. A lot, yeah. Yeah, and and uh, the the idea of a DJ and people even if you say this is what used to happen with my family. Okay, so if I go 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 for the visit during my vacations, uh, they would ask me like uh, uh, so. What are you doing, like for college? So I would say I, I'm a I'm an audio engineer. DJ. They're like, oh, so you become a DJ, right? <laughs> and I know, man. Like, oh, you got that? We used to get like I also did my audio engineering. We used to get like, huh, band baja. <laughs> oh, man, that is even worse, dude. Like. It is hard to edu- educate them because we they it's we have to literally take them to that kind yeah. of lifestyle and then it's very you hard. can't expect them to yeah expect yeah exactly because yeah. there's a huge generation gap like right. for them whatever music is only on TV right but uh, there's a whole different world out right. there so yeah, yeah. yeah so I don't blame them yeah I yeah. used to go along with the joke yeah my band baja <laughs> so <laughs> so, yeah, so 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 did you ever attempt your uh, to make uh, your parents listen to you know some kind of electronic music yeah I did I music? did I uh, my mom took uh, for a brief moment some interest right but then uh, it just sounded the same to her so she's like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, change like, the track. Yeah. <laughs> like I've already changed so many. Neutral, neutral reaction. So yeah, I can't expect uh, them to understand that. Yeah. You. Uh, what about your other about pe- other pe- uh, people from your family, like uh, your cousins or someone? Yeah. So the younger mm-hmm. ones, obviously, I uh, love it. So I have a cousin who 
is again the only person in our family who's into music. I think two cousins, one from my mom's side, one from my dad's side. Okay. So from my mom's side, again he uh, he sings very well. So he's a band member. He's in the states, and he has All some right. amazing, uh, amazing. He writes very well, amazing voice. Right, so right. he's into that, but he's not into electronic music. Okay. What about the other one? Other one is into rock metal. All oh, right. And uh, he's a guitarist. He's uh, a brilliant guitarist. He's been. Uh, I How old is he? He's very young. He's I think twenty now, twenty twenty one, or a little little older. Yeah. But he's been uh, fiddling around with the keyboard and guitar since he was right. a okay. young child, as I remember. And right. now he's really good. He's done his, uh, yeah, you know, the music uh, Trinity exams Trinity and exams, all that. Yeah. So he's done all those. The higher you go, it becomes really tough. And I know, I know, I know. Yeah, he must have like no uh, learned to do sight reading and all that stuff as well. Right? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I should ask him, but maybe. But I know he's good. <laughs> Right, right. Do you know? Uh, is he in a band uh, currently? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, he was, but now he's uh, solo. He's releasing a solo EP. I just met him about two days ago. What's his name? Abhishek. Abhishek Sable. Oh, okay, okay. So, in fact, because you guys are in the scene, I'm yeah, 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 that's with him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We are always uh, looking out for great musicians. Too. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, we were talking about uh, uh, switching to Ableton. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think? Like uh, um, this transition from a different door changes is like um, kind of responsible for uh, the way your music uh, pushed in the direction your music pushed while you. Uh, no, not in my case. I mean, my case, I was pretty headstrong on what music I want to make. So, it was just the better tools you made. Yeah, it was just the tools that changed. But uh, I always knew I want to make house techno music. Right, right. So, you use any kind of three third party plugins uh, for Ableton? Uh, yeah, of course. A lot of them. Uh, one of my favorites uh, since was Albino. Albino. Yeah, have you heard of it? Um, I don't know which. Uh, Lin plug, I think. Lin plug was. No, uh, it's an old right. one. Right, right. And uh, there it's was Zeta. Synthesizer. Yeah, synthesizer. It's uh, a VST. Okay, okay. And uh, so that was one of my favorites till date, but I think now I. I don't know where it is. I have to go back because there oh, are newer things now. Right, right, like right. Diva is one Right, I've heard Diva. Seren is very good. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. So these two are my uh, go-to ones right now. Mm-hmm. And then I really love the stock plugins in mm-hmm. Ableton. Right. Yeah. What, what kind of plugins do you uh, go for in generally in stock plugins? Uh, like if, if I have a channel on, I would definitely start off with, if I have say, uh, if I'm programming drums. Right. I would go with EQ right. first, yeah. then go with uh, compressor, yeah. and uh, then saturator, right. then uh, the drive, right. and uh, so reverb, delay. That is my. Change. So I always have a EQ, compressor, saturator yeah. on some of yeah. my most of my channels. Right. That's good to have because when you because you're cutting uh, unnecessary stuff and also you're making room for the other stuff. Right? Yeah. So, any other instruments like uh, 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 like um, synthesizers? Uh, what do you think about operator? Have you? Have you have I love you operator. Like love, love, love operator. Do you do synthesizing as well? Yeah, uh, I'm not great at synthesizing it. I'm definitely have a lot to learn. Right, right. But uh, the simple stuff. So, I think music is simple. Right. Uh, especially the music that. Uh, it sounds very complex, but if you if you go to see, it's just out of three uh, waves, you know. Sine, right. saw, and uh, saw yeah. the right, right. So these are the. It's actually super simple to synthesize. Also, if right. you understand the yeah the basics. Uh, so I'm I'm 
I would say uh, FM synthesis is something what I really like. Okay, Fre- frequency modulation. Yeah. So you like that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's crazy. Uh, but uh, yeah, I I wouldn't call myself a great uh, s- synthesizer uh, yeah, guy. Yeah. Guy. Right. Right. I my uh, speciality or what I feel like where my strong suit is is, is making the grooves and make making the arrangement, arrangement and making elements work together. Right. Right. That's what I would say. So you keep in mind while making music. Uh, how uh, about how you going to mix it uh, because you are more into DJing right so you probably have this my uh, oh yeah uh, subconsciously in your head oh yeah so exactly so if a person who were struggling a person who were weren't like brought up as a DJ but more of a producer, a producer yeah. yeah like a kind of opposite version of you so what do you think like how how would he how would he uh, start implementing these skill uh, these uh, quick uh, you know not quick obviously like uh, keep in mind that this is how he's going to mix it you know because otherwise they just for, for, for talking from personal point for me I, I was never a dj so i have to always keep in mind that i have mixing but i just sometimes just lose that and i making 8 minutes long track yeah. track with so much repetitions yeah I, arrangement I, is not in i get what you're saying so yeah. i think more than mixing i think is arrangement right so as a dj you know uh, so you, because whenever i make a track i see about 3 4 uh, uh scenarios right. where i would play this track or right. they, or some other dj would play this track right. and i would also think about when how much of the track i would play right. when would i mix it in right right according to that is my arrangement basically yeah. so if you want to arrange and if you want to be a house and techno yeah. producer yeah. i think it's uh, very very important to start djing right. and make like not not me professionally but just for just yourself for so you literally know that okay uh, this should have come after 32 beats right, right. because and there are different styles of mixing or uh, djing also right. so i like to dj long uh, sets and long mixes mm-hmm. so if i'm doing a long mix you definitely want elements to come in a bit later right you know So yeah what you're saying is right uh, so you're giving longer longer times for the transitions yeah. and, and also a lot of people don't realize that when you're DJing uh, you can layer a lot of sounds you know you can make a tracks sound totally different hmm. and you can use bits and pieces of tracks so like right. the greats so like Richie Hot and Duffy who are what I uh, look up to right who uh, they do that and yeah. that's how I have started DJing and that's my style also So what do you what we realize is that uh, you can use uh, different elements in different parts loop them so right now i wouldn't say that if a producer didn't make a track worthy of a good arrangement i can still use it as a Makes while playing yeah. i don't know if you get what i'm saying yeah yeah and but i can just use parts of it actually that similar situation happened with my first track you know yeah. i i did release it and then uh, one of my friend um, uh, uh, producers uh, he said he i uh, wanted to use, actually i sent it to him and he said that he wanted to use it but then what happened is like the the bar was not enough for him to mix it so it was very hard for him to like push it in yeah, and i could understand that as well yeah So but it was very too f- f- too late for me to change, but it st- it was still. Yeah, but but if, again, as a DJ, you have yeah. the loop uh, function. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this case, you have right, the right. forward and back yeah. function. Yeah. So yeah. you can definitely work around. It. Yeah, yeah, you can work around. Yeah. yeah. That is the thing. Yeah. yeah. So uh, earlier on in my DJing career, I used to only love a track, but I used to think like, shit, how am I gonna mix it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So earlier it used to be like that. Right. But now. 
if I love if I love like some elements of a track also, I will just use it. If I don't like the bass, it's fine because yeah. I have some other tracks to add on. Right, right, right. So you have a lot of background in uh, DJing, right? I'm a DJ DJ. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a dancer yeah, first yeah. on okay. the floor. All right. And then became a DJ, and right. then I would say I'm a producer. All right. Producer okay. last. So. Uh, what was the early stage at which you discovered DJing and uh, what kind of con- gear did you come across and on the on the, in the early stages like what did you learn on DJing first uh everything about it i think it started off with uh, virtual dj i had a lot of this yeah uh, it's an s- app right on the uh, windows app right i think it's there for mac as well yeah now i think it's for mac as well so started with that uh, because it was f- I don't know I think I got a cracked version from a friend and he gave yeah. it to me and I started with that. <laughs> and uh, so everything was learnt on a computer. Right, right. The art of DJing. Right. Because back then uh, I was so young and I didn't have uh, an access to the CDJs. Right, right. I think most people right now start off like that because it's yeah, not yeah, easy yeah. to even, uh, even for me it was a similar situation. Yeah. And things have become so easy. So Tractor is something uh, that I use a lot. Yeah. So after virtual DJ transition to Tractor and still didn't uh, work the cdjs for a lot lot of my djing career was spent playing from the laptop with the midi controllers you know all oh, right yeah yeah understand but i think 2 3 years ago i switched to cdjs yeah fully so right now uh, i have been uh, cuz i think i got saturated playing just with the laptop right right and right. now i've switched completely to cdjs, CDJs. and i'm loving that also so mm-hmm. maybe so i shift back to the laptop so you you're using midi controllers you said so how would you uh, what do you say beat match because uh, there's no wheel right or is there a wheel uh you don't need a wheel to beat match also you, you can just buttons. have two two uh, keys two keys also and you can beat match right 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 it's just basically pushing the waveform front and back that's what the wheel yeah. is doing yeah 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 so you you, know? you used to map it to the uh, no so the midi controllers that i always use was x1 the native right. instrument x1 so yeah. i'll show it to you right. basically that has uh, everything on it it yeah. controls tractor right and uh, there are two buttons the earlier x1s uh, the mk1 so something had just two buttons so whenever track was not in uh, sync right uh you just nudge it front and nudge it back yeah. but uh if you're new you will not understand whether yeah. it's not a sync so you have the sync button yeah. now so i I've, i've seen a, um, a dj controller from uh, denmark denmark yeah the denmark Neumark, i think no not, not not newmark uh, it's uh, uh which one is it? which company is that it's a dj controller the, the denon, denon yeah denmark yeah, yeah. denmark yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sorry yeah denon so they they had this uh, similar type of controller where they, you have to beat match with you know nudge it, nudge it, yeah. uh, nudge the waveform yeah 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 and beat match yeah i think it's a different uh, game you, after are you are you uh, talking about that very old and one yeah, yeah, just yeah. Uh, there's a small strip, uh, yeah, you just put series in that was the one i learned uh, on yeah. to mix uh, when it came after the virtual dj yeah. and tractor This is so basically another funny story. This this piece of equipment, this right. Denon ones, it's very common, I guess. Yeah, it was. It's yeah, dead it was, now. Yeah, yeah, it's but dead. it was in the gym that I used to go to, oh, and okay. more than working out, I was behind <laughs> trying to figure that. You're working that shit. Yeah. Out. Yeah. And uh, so I learned that and that was there was no uh, BPM, nothing. Yeah. It was just everything by ear. That is very good because so I I I joined this uh, uh, school uh, for DJing. Which was not that great, Which but school? Uh, it was party map. Have you heard of it in no. Mumbai? <laughs> it was a school, yeah. <laughs> in Pune? No, not in Pune. It was in Mumbai. So uh-huh. I, I was born and brought up in Mumbai, and uh, there only I 
got my early roots and then i moved to pune for audio engineering in cmedu oh, so in the early stages i went to party map to turn djing and then the, the exercise they used to do is like they'll use this cards to hide the bpm ah yeah and they'll get yeah. headphones and just like just yeah. roll with so you headphones. you can actually uh, do this learn to beat match on yeah. your laptop right so uh, one of my early methods of doing it i don't know i, I think i saw a youtube video or something yeah. so if you're new into it and uh, you want to learn how to beat match right. and suppose you have virtual DJ or you have track talk. Right. So you take off the you play a track right. on say iTunes hmm. and it's playing on iTunes right. and then you you have track talk. Yeah. And uh, suppose you don't have a controller also, yeah. but you know that with your mouse you can click nudge it front and back. Right. So you play a track on track talk and then you keep nudging it uh, front back. You're trying to mix to the iTunes track that is playing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you nudge it with the mouse. And, and yeah. So you are nudging it on track talk. But you cannot press sync because it is not playing is, yeah, on tractor. Yeah, right, right. You know, it's playing yeah, on iTunes. Yeah, yeah. And that's a very good way to yeah. uh, if you don't have any equipment, you just want to learn yeah, how to mix. Yeah, understand. That's how yeah. you can do it. Or you could just not use the sync button. But but if it's tempting for you, then you can just like switch. No, but if you're using the sync, if you're using tractor, then you will definitely look at the tempo. Yeah, and yeah, then you'll yeah. try to beat match right, through that. Right, it's right, best. Yeah. Best that you don't know anything about what the what track is playing, is it, yeah. and then you just try and do it. Yeah. It's fun, yeah. Yeah, it's very. Uh, it's a, it's a th- that is the essence of the art of the DJing, right? What I wouldn't say? say beat matching is the essence of uh, DJing. I think DJing is also the track selection. Yeah, but a part yeah, of it is uh, DJs were called selectors. Alright. You know, so I think track selection for me is much bigger uh, art. Uh, art, uh, not art. I would say DJing is an art, but a much bigger part of DJing mm, yeah. uh, than beat matching. I think beat matching anyone can learn, but if you are mixing and selecting tracks that are not going according to the vibe or. Right the the set that you are trying to do mm-hmm. then you'll mix a perfect track perfect mix will not sound good now so did you, did you have like a trial and error kind of uh, situation ever that you you missed or uh, chose tracks and then you learned from it or how how, how did you learn to go about uh, taking tracks what yeah. what do you keep in mind while um, doing a, a trial set? and error is there in everything yeah uh, i have definitely played some shit sets early, early on in my life right. And involved uh, in there, <laughs> yeah. But I feel uh, over time when you are listening to a lot of music. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is my own experience. Because if you are listening to say hundred tracks and you listen to those hundred tracks about ten times each, and then when you're DJing with those, suppose you just have those hundred tracks, and when you're DJing, you just start, you just get to know that okay, this track is gonna go, mm-hmm. and then you go and look for that track, mm-hmm. and it goes. So it's about listening a lot of yeah, music so, and, and registering that how each track feels and what is yeah. the vibe of the track, how yeah. fast it is, was the energy, whether it's a slower track or a faster track. So then uh, I think there's some sort of a common sense required where, okay, if you're playing a slow track and if it's a vocally track, then this is going to go with it. And then you just go into your files and find it. Right. So that has definitely helped me a lot. And I think I asked this question to when I just first started DJing, I asked uh, another DJ, like, how do you know? Hmm. which track to play next right and the answer was you just know (laughs) 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 and back then I didn't get it yeah but now I get it you just know I could I think a better answer could be like you need to listen to a lot of music you need to listen to a lot you need to know your uh, your whole uh, system all your files all your music you need to know them in and out so earlier on like there was because if you you're using say CDs or 
uh, vinyls so yeah. you were you had like the artwork that you could relate to right. and there's some uh, pict- pictorial memory that was happening right, but right, now right. since because everything is in the computer you have to listen point, to yeah. it even more yeah, yeah, yeah. because there is no artwork to relate to it so yeah. now what what is there to relate to is your uh, the way you categorize your music mm-hmm. that's a huge part of dj a huge part let's be, let's get uh, deep into it so what, what do you mean by categorizing music categorizing like now you, you know that there are about more than 50000 songs are released every monday on beatport all right and Oof, that's the number I yeah, huge definitely, yeah. definitely. So many people are making music. Yeah, and, and every Monday, and they're forgotten the next Monday. So <laughs> unless you break out, and it's a killer yeah. one. So the point is that you have access to so much music. Uh, the way you categorize it is uh, very important, and I would I will run you by how I do it. All right. My method of uh, categorization is uh, I go by uh, star system. Like I will uh, have. Three star, four star, five star, six star. I don't know why I don't use one and two star, but it starts off with three, four, five, six, and three would be the opening music, you know, slower, more, less, uh, less elements in it. Uh-huh. Then four will be a little more, five a little more, and six will be all out. That's uh-huh. like when you're uh, going your highest and hardest. Right. That's how I categorize it. And then in that, I also have uh, the the various moods. So it could be a peak time techno set that I'm playing, which will have. Three, four, five, six, mm-hmm. or I'm playing a minimal techno, psychedelic techno set, which will have three, four, five, six. Then in house, I have happy house, vocally house, that will have three, four, five, six. Then I'll have dark house, which has. So you arrange them in stars, basically, like. Yeah, so stars and moods. Stars, stars and so stars. Moods. What do stars represent? Stars represent the the how fast and how busy a track is. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So how 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 many elements are? There? Yeah. So there are some. If you're if you're doing a warm up set or opening set. Then uh, you don't need uh, tracks with too much elements happening right. too hard. You know you need softer music, more open, spacey music. So that would be my lower three, four uh, stars. Maybe we can maybe we can like uh, give some examples of how 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 would a first uh, like two star track would sound or three star track. Like maybe you can like. How do you want me to sing the track? No, no, no. Yeah, we can just. Uh, <laughs> I I would say I rather I would just say rather I would just say that. Uh, we are not ready for we don't have uh, yeah no we can uh, play it we can listen to it i guess uh, from the laptop but i need my music yeah. now oh all right no, 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 i thought like you could like suggest some track from the, from which you have like back of your head uh at the back of your head maybe i can go to beatport and and show it yeah I am, you, even if yeah. you tell us the name is fine just we yeah, can check can, it out yeah i can see beatport uh, yeah. the list i can uh, play that that'll be fun yeah let's do yeah, that like, we'll do that in another 5 minutes yeah right, so we, we want to take can a break, break? yeah, yeah. Before we broke, uh, we were talking about uh, arranging tracks uh, for a DJ set, categorizing. Categorizing, yeah, yeah. So tell me how, uh, what would come in a two-star track or a three-star track? What, what, what do you mean by you know adding more elements to it? I want to give, if you can give us some examples. Yeah, sure. I can do that. So uh, yes, can you? Yeah. So if you go to uh, all the tracks. and uh, play like uh, oh, that's better play like uh, hold it or occupation reclaim remix play that this is a recent version i guess hmm so your stories uh, in your name taking a cut 
Yeah, in a way. So now if you can hear this, this is one of my remixes. Now if you hear, there's not much happening, it's a slower, slower pace. And the elements that are coming in are longer, they're not like this, this faster. Yeah. So I would definitely play this in an opening set. And uh, it would be my three or four stars. Like a bar bar. Yeah. Space here, the space in the music is over the stars. Okay, now another example. Uh, another example would be, uh, say, Kubrick. Yeah. Now that one is uh, my five star, basically. And you will hear it. You get this a lot happening. Yeah. A lot of elements, a lot of percussions that are very fast. So there's a lot of uh, lot of elements happening, a lot of things going on, and it is definitely works when you are playing a free time set. So that would be my five star. And if you play this faster, it will go to a six star. Mm -hmm. Currently, what rating it is? Currently, I think 125 or 26. 126. 126, yeah. So you go like a little bit higher? Yeah, so uh, I like to go till 130, 131, 132, but my sweet spot is 130. Yeah. So that would be like an example of 4 star, 5 star. Mm -hmm. And then now you get the flow. So the lesser elements, uh, the most stripped down a track is, mm -hmm. that would be a 3 star. That's a great um, advice. Uh, for a person who wants to get a bet better at teaching, yeah. who has already acquired the skills of yeah. matching but is not yeah. getting anywhere or something. Yeah, and and for the people who want to begin with, I'm sure you'll get a lot of opening sets. Right. So when you're warming up for an hour for the main act, yeah. you definitely don't want to go heavy and I would definitely stick to the three to four star. Right. Uh, maybe end at four star. I wouldn't even touch the five, six, seven. Because you're opening, you know, you have to warm up the party, you have to, uh, the people are on the crowd, but you don't want them killing it. Yeah. That's your job. Yeah. One that's, of the, that's one of the ways uh, of crowd management for the DJ. Yeah, uh, totally. What kind of tracks should you play so that kind of energy is built up? Yes, and you feed off the energy. Yeah. So you don't want to bang it because the next guy is going to come and that's his uh, yeah. job to bang it. And uh, at least that's how I've been brought up. And uh, I feel sometimes when you start off, or, or my earlier days of DJing, I should pay for empty flow. Yeah. You know, like if the party started when the main act was booked at say 11 uh, in the night, and you are playing at 9, mm -hmm. and you are probably playing for empty flow. Mm -hmm. So when you're playing for empty flow, you can start off with nice uh, ambient-ish music, mm -hmm. then go to uh, deeper stuff. More melodic stuff in the right. beginning, right. and then progress towards the more bouncier stuff. So it's all a progression. It's it's mm -hmm. it's a very important task of opening a night. Because if you screw that up, then you just screw the main act. Well, yeah. You don't screw the main act. Like the, the main act can always just anticipation for the main act. Uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't say that. I would say that even if someone is banging it and you're the main act, you can just break that with a five-minute intro, mm -hmm. and then restructure the night for you mm -hmm. but if you're a good opening act and especially for the new guys who want to start off never 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 play anything 127 128 or 130 ppm mm -hmm. 
because right now the techno that everyone is playing or the big names uh, that you hear they all playing fast music mm-hmm. but that does not mean that is because they are already playing for 10000 people mm-hmm. and they are already playing the main slots right, right. so if they play a very chill set when uh, it is 4 in the night yeah. then people are going to be like what the fuck <laughs> yeah but you don't have to copy them because yeah. you are not playing that 4 in the night with 10000 people yeah. you are playing for empties or playing for the people just walking in yeah. and when people walk in they don't want to hear something hard because you have to uh, massage it into it you know mm-hmm. so they want to go get a drink speak to people so keep the volume also low mm-hmm. i literally keep the volume half mm-hmm. and then they slowly higher 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 that's how it's a very crazy uh, cool thing mm-hmm. of course yeah and if if someone can do that mm-hmm. you will get good more for sure so, so uh, there is uh, this culture of uh, you know the audience response to a DJ and uh, getting yeah, that's gigs. that's the the culture. Okay, in in terms of getting booked, uh, yeah, I'm sure it helps. But uh, audience responding to a DJ is what is dance music yes, about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, if you play good sets and if you are there at the right time. Um, Knowing to the right, known to the right people, mm-hmm. and uh, definitely your uh, PR, I I would say, is great. Right. You get booked. Yeah. So let's talk about your time in Mexico. Uh, you played some gigs over there as well. So what was your experience? I, I played a single gig. So right. that was my uh, the first time I went there. Uh, just uh, didn't know too much. Mm-hmm. Was very new. The second time I went there, uh, got uh, some contacts, mm-hmm. uh, some through my wife. And uh, she had a friend uh, since school who now owns a club. Mm-hmm. And luckily it was underground uh, club. Mm-hmm. And then we met him and he saw my profile and everything. He was like, yeah, for sure, let's do it. Mm-hmm. So that was my first entry. And it was a great night. Mm-hmm. Uh, rocked it, played my minimal techno. Mm-hmm. And people loved it. Mm-hmm. So that was my first experience. And then what I did is I traveled. Uh, so I stay, uh, my wife's family stays in Metapec, mm-hmm. which is about uh, an hour from Mexico City. So we used to go to the city, Mexico City, that's proper downtown, mm-hmm. uh, and go clubbing uh, every like one weekend or two weekends. Mm-hmm. And then I met the promoters there, mm-hmm. got to know them, spoke to them, added them, followed up with them, and I'm still in touch with uh, them. And now like uh, some of the tech house DJs which I love, uh, tech house is huge there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, being in touch with them, and I know when I go back, mm-hmm. I'll probably have four or five gigs. So then, so that's what the whole thing of keeping in touch, being out there. Basically, what I did is I did my homework. I went to them. I told them I know you. I messaged them on Facebook first, like I'm coming for a gig. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of them I've been speaking to when I was in India. Mm-hmm. So I was planning this three months ahead. Right. That's how you have to do it, you know. Because right, right. uh, someone is gonna meet you if they know you have heard of you. Mm-hmm. You can't just land up at a gig and say, hey, what's up, man? I want to be your friend. Right. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. So that's how it worked, and uh, I'm sure when I go next. Hopefully, I have more gigs in four cities in Mexico. Right, right. So uh, you went clubbing there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the Mexico City. So how how was the experience? Oh my God, it's amazing. Uh, it's nothing like clubbing in India. Right, right. Uh, you, it's so open, and uh, everyone is there. Uh, I would say that in India, if there are hundred people who have come to a club. Maybe twenty of them have come to listen to the artist, and mm-hmm. probably eighty who are into just partying and not bothering about the music or whatever but out there uh, because the culture is such that people love music and uh, there were the party that I went to had uh, four people open before the main act mm-hmm. and uh, 
it was packed right. from the beginning. From the beginning. So and obviously it goes on till late. It goes on till five six in the morning. Right. right. So yeah, it was crazy, crazy culture. The people, how are the people there? How, uh, what was your experience uh, like from the culture? Did you try something new? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is new to you? Uh, everything was new, yeah. but everything was also similar. So the food, I love food. So right. uh, the food was amazing. Uh, the they have they have spicy food like us. Yeah, but I heard like it, the Mexican food is like very close to us. Yeah, it is. The palate is very close to us, but it's not masalas. Like they don't have powder spices. Mm-hmm. They have cut chopped spices, and you can add it like salsa, and you can mm-hmm. add how much spice you want to your uh, taco or whatever. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. that's what I love. Like in India, if you order something, it comes mixed. And you got to deal with it. Yeah. But out there, you can add and minus stuff. So yeah. it's really good. And uh, again, they eat with their hands, uh-huh. which is very Indian. Right. right. Uh, yeah, we've heard that then some other first world countries don't use that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Why is it so normal, right? Yeah. I mean, I I think that eating with hands is good. So when I was uh, in the states, uh, yeah, you do find a lot of eateries where it is just uh, cutlery and everything. Yeah. But then street food is all about hands, and I love street food more than like a fine dining place. So yeah. So you've been in the states as well. How yeah. Was your experience. Uh, Great. Even partying there is amazing. All right. So uh, I was in New York for about a uh, week and a half. I was visiting a friend, and with my wife. Before going to Mexico, we always go through. There's no direct flight to Mexico. Mm-hmm. Either you go through Europe or you go through states. Mm-hmm. So. Great, loved it. I love New York. Amazing, amazing city. And uh, again, there I went for a tale of us. Uh, um, I would say a concert mm-hmm. because it's not just a club; it is huge. Again, six, seven thousand people capacity mm-hmm. on a normal night. Right, right, right. Starts off early till early. I guess morning. yeah, the New York culture is like too much into. Uh, oh yeah, they're, it's they're it's very serious. Crazy, it's crazy, and like the very fact that you reach the place say at eleven. And you have to stand in line for two hours. Yeah. You have to stand in line for two hours, and in the line, people are chilling, drinking, yeah. partying, connecting with people. And it's cold, so you're standing in the cold. And like, who would stand for two hours in India, Indian clubs, to enter and watch the main act or watch the whole vibe? Yeah. No I guess. Way. I guess in the in the whole world, I guess uh, Americans are the the most to party or like. No, I wouldn't say Americans. Pro party. I think Europeans party a lot, uh, but I would say that the culture out Europeans there. Europeans have like lots of different yeah. countries also. They're different in nature. I don't think uh, electronic music is that huge in America. Like the uh, yeah. pop scene, right, right. the pop scene pop is scene. huge. Yeah. So, but I would say that the people appreciate the fact that okay, I will buy a ticket. Mm-hmm. There's very less guestless culture there, mm-hmm. and uh, even we bought our tickets mm-hmm. much earlier. And even with buying tickets, there are there are these tickets where you have to wait in line. Right. And you wait in line, man. You make sure that you do that thing, and you appreciate the fact that you enter the club after doing all this. You it's really, worth yeah, it's worth it, and you really yeah. appreciate the fact that you've done this. You know, right. it's not like just walk in. Mm-hmm. It's totally different to India. Yeah. India has miles, like years <laughs> and years, to reach that level. Yeah, so you've been playing in India for a uh, for a while, uh, and yeah, eight years. Now. Yeah. So, uh, which city do you think is the most uh, engaging or the most uh, responsive? Uh, Bombay, Bombay, Delhi, Bangalore, these three. Amazing. Yeah. Those are the main hubs for ideas. They're like a boiling pot of artists mm-hmm. and culture. Bombay, especially. Uh, the best DJs uh, right now, who I love. 
from India are from these three cities. Right, right, right. What about Pune? What do you think? Uh, Pune, unfortunately, I feel is not an artsy city at all. Yeah. Like we have a very strong theatre culture, right. but uh, we don't have a very strong music culture. And uh, I don't know why. <laughs> we don't <laughs> have venues. It's tragic actually to think about it. Yeah. Uh, we have very few venues, and you don't have. That's why you don't have budding talent because if you don't have that culture there. You don't have something to look forward to or look up to. Then you don't have the young ones coming into it. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you need something to look up to. That that's when you yeah. know something that like this. And you need more uh, more uh, artsy uh, like uh, industries like Bollywood, for instance, in Bombay. So you have a lot of even like the art directors, uh, uh, the guys who are in art industries and all. They love music because it goes hand in hand with creativity. But here in our clubs in Pune, you will find all business people coming, like right, yeah. people who are IT crowd, and they come to just release. Yeah, they exactly. work their ass off for six days, and they want to release on the seventh day. Exactly. But it's not. So the whole purpose of clubbing in Pune, I feel, is not in line with what actually clubbing is. Mm -hmm. Clubbing is actually a community of people coming together and uh, being together and talking the same language for the love of music, and you know, uh, connecting with each other. Yeah. But when you are an IT person, that's not you don't want to connect with a music lover because you have other issues. You just want to come, drink, get high, yeah. get drunk, yeah. and fucking shout. And that is the issue with Pune. That's right. Yeah, it's an issue with I guess some other places as well. But I guess Bangalore is different. Right? Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, how, how do you think Bangalore is different from Mumbai or Delhi? Uh, see, like, it's a little bit southern country, so you would expect like, but but there is a little bit, little bit of diversity. But what uh, do you think in yeah, of? I mean, I I cannot comment on diversity because I haven't lived there. But whenever I go there, like uh, my experience has been like from when we enter the club from the bar till the front, it is people are banging it, <laughs> killing oh, it, raging so it. Yeah, like in Pune, it would be the front four lines. Yeah, yeah, and everyone else is chilling in the back. But there it's so that is probably the difference that I see. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I also like Shillong. Shillong, Shillong okay. is amazing. Yeah. The Northeast is amazing. I've heard Siliguri is killer, like they have a scene going on there, not yet been there. That would be like an independent independent concert or no like clubs. Or clubs. Independent clubs, yeah. Right. But uh, like Guwahati has a killer scene. Okay. There are some clubs there. Again, you know, they the people out there actually Northeast is a very musically uh, inclined uh, those states and cities you have Great session artists coming from there, mm -hmm. uh, like Kolkata again, which has a lot of musicians coming from there. Right. Uh, musicians, by I mean like proper guitarists yeah. and instrumentalists, yeah, yeah. you know. So they have that culture. Right. Like Pune is not known for musicians, you know. Yeah. We are known for film, like we have that film institute. Mm -hmm. uh, but we have great colleges. Mm -hmm. right. Education. So we have the crowd, but again, it's not for the right reasons. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's nice, but. Nicely done. So uh, I want to talk about Subtrail now. Yeah. How did you uh, uh, came up to uh, found Subtrail, and uh, what is your uh, idea behind uh, Subtrail? So Subtrail is um, me and an another friend of mine called Uta. Okay. So both of us actually this just happened like uh, we are good friends. I love Chennai. Mm -hmm. I have some amazing friends from Chennai, and he's from Chennai. Mm -hmm. And again, Chennai is a great city actually. Right for music mm -hmm. so these guys uh, you know when the lockdown happened basically our uh, weekends got screwed mm -hmm. up we couldn't go out party play nothing and then streaming came along you know a mm -hmm. lot of streams started happening mm -hmm. and uh, so one day Udha when we were talking and he's like let's let's start something to stream you know because and 
in our vibe you know because mm-hmm. he's also into the whole dark hypnotic mm-hmm. minimalist uh, techno mm-hmm. so i don't know yeah, let's start a stream something on the stream and then we we saw that facebook was scanning the streams because of copyright right. everyone was scanning it and then uh, twitch didn't have the user base mm-hmm. to start then we thought like why are we thinking only streams let's because we love something let's start a music promotional channel mm-hmm. something where we can just as a crew uh, release music right play music and spread this music because i think india is saturated with a lot of melodic techno mm-hmm. lot of uh, now industrial techno which is also coming in mm-hmm. i don't know if you know these terms yeah, yeah I do. but uh, minimal techno is something that is has always been there india has been a psychedelic country i would say right, right. but uh, we just wanted a platform where this music could be propagated and sent out in the universe mm-hmm. so that's what we created subtrail so subtrail is basically to push minimal techno techno music with minimal uh, hypnotic mm-hmm. and psychedelic approach basically yeah, yeah. and then slowly our love for art psychedelic art also mm-hmm. got involved mm-hmm. so now we promote sai art also on mm-hmm. uh, one of our artists also released a uh, track which was featured on your uh, channel like yeah pranav pranav yeah, yeah. that's a great track great right? great guy also Yeah, he's in, he's in, uh, into a lot of med, uh, minimal technology. Yeah. He collaborated with you too. We right? are, yeah. We yeah. finished one track. We're working on another one. How was the experience? Uh, great. With uh, I mean, great. Like for like like uh, Yash. The mm-hmm. first day I met him, it was just from that day onwards. I know that I'm gonna be his friend and mm-hmm. be there. Mm-hmm. And uh, same with Pranav. Like we didn't meet, but uh, we just it, for us it was music. Right. And right. Uh, he loved my music. He was always commenting, telling mm-hmm. me about it, and. But I heard his stuff. I was like, "Wow, that's yeah. great! There's something that I like." Yeah. And then we said, "Let's try making a track together." Yeah. I don't know how it started, but it started, and uh, then just got done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we started another one. Yeah. So yeah, so it's coming out soon. Yeah. Uh, in fact, probably in the next two months mm-hmm. on Subtrail itself. Right, right. So you also uh, run a ballet uh, class with your wife, I think. I think it's not a class; it's a proper school. School, it's, it's a, a proper, ballet school, proper right? academy. So right, right. my wife is a professional ballerina. Ballerina. She's been doing ballet since the most part of her life since she was three years old, mm-hmm. and uh, she's danced all over. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was the principal of one of the very biggest ballet schools in Mexico. All right. And uh, then she moved here because mm-hmm. of me. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Then her dream was that, and I come from a family of business owners, mm-hmm. right. and uh, to facilitate her dream, we uh, we thought of let's start something in ballet, and we didn't know uh, how big it's going to get. And mm-hmm. uh, eventually, we did the market research. We saw that uh, there was a need for it, and uh, now we have two venues, three mm-hmm. hundred plus students studying under us. Three hundred plus. That's a good number. Yeah, it's good. It's good yeah. amount of students, yeah. and now we are in the online space with yeah. students from all over different cities who are connected yeah. with us. So it's uh, so that's my, and it has become so big that it's taken over major part of my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you guys had to train instructors and stuff. Yeah, we have trained instructors. She's the artistic director. I'm the managing director. I I handle all the operations, mm-hmm. business development side, mm-hmm. and she does the whole uh, artistic I side of the. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah. So, uh, do, are you familiar with some of the artistic sides? Uh, maybe you can talk about it, like uh, uh, like the uh, art of ballet, uh, the evolution of art, or like what kind of skills are involved into learning. Yeah. So, ballet is basically a Western uh, classical dance form. It is mm-hmm. the only Western classical dance. In India, we have Bharatnatyam and Kathak. Yeah, that is like, a, uh, and you can study, 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 and yeah. have gurus and. Mm-hmm. 
even when you're 30 you can still study hmm. so ballet is similar to that and uh, ballet sort of uh its terminology is in french mm-hmm. and then different countries adopted it mm-hmm. so they made their own styles so russian mm-hmm. russian ballet is vaganova which became very famous mm-hmm. and currently is the top mm-hmm. because uh, they are russians are always strict <laughs> into what they do yeah, yeah. and then there is cuban there is french mm-hmm. and uh, various different styles mm-hmm. and uh, it became super huge so ballet is a form of uh, for the high society back then in the 80s and 90s is like the princes and princes how ballet was taught to the kids uh, because back then you had so much what to teach you know mm. you don't have to work right. so they they were taught how to talk to people how to mm. present yourself so mm. ballet is about courtesy you know mm. not courtesy is yeah so dancing is a part of their training you know yeah. if you were born in a royal house you right. would be taught how to dance with someone right, right right it comes from there how to relate how to talk how to move your body mm-hmm. so ballet comes from that mm-hmm. and then it obviously went and went all over it spread mm-hmm. to everyone every start of mm-hmm. uh, life and then it became a something a very respected and applauded dance form yeah yeah and now uh, every so ballet is very new in india mm-hmm. but in the states mm-hmm. and abroad and all over yeah. the, uh, europe and everywhere mm-hmm. it's something that kids get into first and then they can go to hip hop then mm-hmm. they can go to salsa or contemporary mm-hmm. but the root is ballet mm-hmm. that's how it is ballet has that uh, fluid motion and the yeah. balance and the balance of a lot of things coordination yeah. mobility yeah. Uh, they have to be on the toes strong mm-hmm. body so it's very it's uh, beneficial for every child to do it because it's a structured way of a physical activity end mm-hmm. of the day i i see it as a as a third person who's not done ballet i see it as a exercise in disguise mm-hmm. so if my kid if you want to teach them something structured you put them in a sport mm-hmm. or you put them in a dance form right right yeah. that's a nice way to put it uh, exercise in disguise yeah <laughs> it's exactly that right so uh, what kind of uh, a variety of kids do you get and like do you get like a spectrum of kids where some are good uh j- by by just like um by themselves and others are a little bit lagging behind yeah yeah like how it, it of course, is in, of course yeah in everything yeah so uh, there are two forms of uh, a dance academy one is a recreational form mm-hmm. and one is a competitive form mm-hmm. so recreational is basically you do it just for fun to get yeah. get yourself to get a child busy get mm-hmm. a child moving if your yeah. child is dancing and when music is on so you want them to learn something in a structural way yeah. so then that's a recreation thing yeah. but then we have a, we have both we have a competitive form where we have a competition team which travels all over india mm-hmm. goes to different countries the, competes yeah they are the high so trend you audition for that and yeah. so there are two ways mm-hmm. and everyone can do it uh, it's basically like learning a sport you know you mm-hmm. don't have to play for your country right right but you can play for your society yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. it's like Yeah, yeah. So, uh, this th- uh, do you have two uh, uh, studios and wh- uh, where are they situated? Kalyani and Baner. Uh, they both are in Pune itself. Yeah, they are. So, three in the studio. So, you have any plans to expand to other cities? Yeah, eventually, yes. Yeah. We have to. We do have plans. And now, this lockdown has opened up the online realm for us. Mm-hmm. We never ever thought that we would have students from Chennai, Bangalore, Punjab, oh, right. or some Dharwad and <laughs> some various cities where they have called us and they have said, you know, my child wants to learn it. And now we are teaching them online. Mm. It's going well. So, yeah, I'm sure. So that opened our mind to the fact that there is a market there also. Mm-hmm. And yeah, eventually we'll take it there. So. Uh, how do you do these online classes you uh, zoom yeah so you, like it is isn't it harder for you because a presence of a teacher is always you know because you can correct your posture yeah. maybe you know 
No, so all that is possible online, and uh, you have a method of doing something uh, differently uh, on online. In fact, it is more difficult online because, mm-hmm. as you said, yeah, you yeah. the physical presence is not there. Mm-hmm. But uh, everything can be learned online now. You know, distance yeah. learning is is always been there. It has just become big and huge now because right. of the lockdown, yeah, yeah. because of the pandemic. Right. But right. if you if you know that uh, learning dance was all could have been learned online. all the time you know the best hip hop people are not in india but out there in mm-hmm. the states and everywhere and you can mm-hmm. learn on it there there's mm-hmm. some amazing schools that are distance learning mm-hmm. so it is is on the student mm-hmm. it's okay now tell me your music production you learn on youtube right yeah right yeah exactly that guy is sitting somewhere in different country teaching you right right but it's more accessible however however like for uh, learning a software i guess it is a little bit easier yeah easier yeah. but for a physical thing like it would be i guess harder however yeah. it, it is doable obviously yeah so see again that whole thing of recreational and competitive comes involved right, right, again right. so if you're learning it for a recreational purpose uh-huh. where uh, your goal as a parent is that my child should get a structured physical activity once mm-hmm. a week or twice a week mm-hmm. and not just lie around mm-hmm. then it works right. but if you want to compete and go to competitions mm-hmm. and then you need a physical mm-hmm. studio to go to so so you guys are running with a limited number of children or have you uh, completely stopped your studios or the oh yeah our studios have been shut yeah also no shut one is since march all right all right that's so, stuff yeah it is and tough. we don't see any recovery till June 2020. So you those uh, the the memberships have they are just terminated or they, are are you guys planning to no, reopen? No, about 70% of them have joined the online space. All right, all right, yeah. all right. So now all the classes have been resumed online. Yeah, we are back to back to back back classes, mm-hmm. and uh, and new people have come. Okay. So the, as I said, a person sitting in Punjab who didn't have a ballet school mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. them is now learning under us. All right, all right. Uh, all right. So how do you balance the? Uh, do you get a workload and then uh, uh, get a creative block eventually, or do you are you able to manage these both runs properly? That's a very good question. Mm-hmm. I've been fighting that for a while now. All right. So basically, when both are my babies, you know, mm-hmm, right. and I I want to give attention to both, and both take up a lot of my time. Right. So I have created certain days. So certain days I only do music. And certain days I only do ballet. <laughs> so you have fi- already fixed them, or is it on your mood? It's already fixed. Yeah. All right. So yeah. what do you, what days do you pick for music? Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, Sundays are for music. Yeah. That's Monday, cool. Wednesday, Friday mm-hmm. is uh, the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, business is actually twenty four seven till you wake yeah, up you and you sleep. Always answer to the answer to uh, the. Uh, not always answer because uh, development back end stuff is always going on. Mm-hmm. We are also launching a new brand for adults. Okay. It's uh, something called Bar Workouts, which mm-hmm. goes hand in hand with ballet. Mm-hmm. So production of that, development of that. What does that in- include? Is it uh, different than is it a dance form? No, it's workouts. It's for adults. Uh-huh. It's bar workouts. So you know, bar is the bar that they hold right. in ballet. Yeah. And they work out. So, so you just like this. So lot no. So a lot of thing is holding. Lot of thing is just free uh, mm-hmm. classes, free mm-hmm. movement classes, mm-hmm. and uh, we have Pilates involved in it. Mm-hmm. So it's a really it's something that has come up about past three four years now, mm-hmm. and it's huge outside. It's mm-hmm. not yet entered the Indian market, mm-hmm. but uh, it's entering soon, and we're going to be doing the first ones in Pune, I guess. Right. Right. So you ever try to fuse uh, ballet and music? <laughs> uh, I actually never, never have done yet, but I have some ideas where I want my wife to be dancing on some techno-ish kind of music. <laughs> yeah. I have really those nice. ideas. You can make music videos, great music videos. Yeah, so she's a great. Something player. is in the works on yeah. a music video, which next year probably will come to fruition. Yeah, yeah, that is great yeah. to hear. Yeah. 
so i think uh, that's all about uh, uh, i wanted to ask of your technical career yeah uh, let's talk about how you came to discover uh, psychedelic art and uh, psychedelic music and what was the transition from a re- regular uh, perspective of music and then the expressive form of music mm, good question uh, regular perspective and sorry i didn't get that so so uh, um, for me i would say like I, i i used to come from a background where i used to listen to a lot of edm and stuff so for me it was uh, it was like a new experience to come inside psychedelics and then just in uh, discover such depth in art like uh, yeah. where you have where you have you know when you have just like uh, you you can't really point out what is different but but you know that there's yes. a depth in this particular art so what was the point you discovered that and how do you started implementing that in your life yeah so psy- psychedelic music is i think in every music like mm-hmm. in every genre mm-hmm. every genre can have a psy- psychedelic influence to it mm-hmm. and again it's not the tempo mm-hmm. you can have right. really slow but psy chill music right. you know right. So I always was drawn towards uh, that uh, elements in that aspect the darkish mm-hmm. sciish aspects of right. all music you know yeah. uh, even rock has psychedelic rock right right you know so the doors uh, yeah, yeah. one of my favorite bands ever really are band. very psychedelic in their music you know yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, even their melodies that they play and the reverbs and all the things mm-hmm. that they use Uh, so eventually when i heard sai the proper sai mm-hmm. uh, trance sai trance yeah uh, it just blew my mind away and uh, everything about it was amazing and as i said i was always a dancer first mm-hmm. so yeah a lot of uh, psychedelics and psychedelic music got mm-hmm. intertwined and right. that's how i reached that so uh, this journey of yours discovering this new form of music uh, what do you think uh, struck you the most uh like uh when what was the most of uh point where you were like okay this is this is this is as the top of my uh, influence like you'd say like okay this is for me i i would say like it was a band called tool so this tool, band yeah. yeah so i heard this band and i was like okay hearing it on repeat i wow. just can't, couldn't get off it was like drug for me for yeah, yeah, so yeah. did you feel a similar way with of some kind of music or some kind yeah, of yeah like the psytrance that yeah. uh, got me into it uh artists like aja right uh haiko uh-huh. then uh, a lot of these parasens the older ones right, right. uh parvati records is one parvati records i've heard in them all the artists yeah. on them so and was this twite art so even sai has cheesy side of it right, right. and so this kind of music uh when you are listening to and i think what i really loved about the sai music was the community and the, the rave behind it mm-hmm. like you are listening to it dancing to it mm-hmm. and over a course of say 7 8 hours mm-hmm. and you are connecting with people mm-hmm. you probably will not talk to these people you probably mm-hmm. must not have met that person ever mm-hmm. in your life but in that 7 hours you all are like a big family mm-hmm. you know you just have something that hits you in the breakdown or something and you just look at mm-hmm. the guy and the guy is like wow because yeah. it hit both of us right right, right and right. that's what music is even mm-hmm. techno house everything it talks to you and it brings people together mm-hmm. and for sai it is actually a religion yeah. like it's the like hippie a, movement is right. uh, because they have taken it a step further so techno is where you listen to it and then you go to work uh, the next day right. but they don't go to work or i, I want to say they don't go to work i'm say they they live in that community much more and mm-hmm. they also work but they experience that on a much higher level than what mm-hmm. a clubber 
experiences mm. so that is what drew me towards it mm. but i was always a college going hippie i was mm. never a, back then mm-hmm. i was never uh, someone who could commit to uh, more than 2 weeks in goa mm-hmm. uh, i couldn't take it after that i needed right. back my seat life i needed mm-hmm. my uh, uh, needed my uh business my yeah. career my yeah. studying my so what everything. did you uh, what did you uh, study uh, in college i did business administration business yeah business i come from a business family yeah. so i did that and then i did my sound engineering with sa yeah. mm-hmm. where did you do your sound engineering sa sa yeah in uh, pune sir yeah uh, no sorry in bombay not right. bombay okay yeah, bombay So, how was your uh, experience learning uh, audio engineering? It was audio engineering. Uh, it was yeah, more of music production, audio engineering, audio engineering. Yeah, everything. Right? Everything I learned to mic things, learned everything, learned uh, what goes behind a reverb, goes mm-hmm. behind a delay. Mm-hmm. And uh, to be honest, it was trial and error. Actually, for the it wasn't a great. Uh, uh, SA is a big brand, uh-huh. but that Bombay school wasn't that great. Uh-huh. Right, right. Teachers on there. There was one amazing teacher. That's it. Mm-hmm. So, but my I would say that uh, what. I learned out of that school was not much in the school, but was me living in Bombay for those two years when the electronic music had just boomed, mm-hmm. and I was clubbing every weekend. I was clubbing three four days a week, and looking at I've heard artists that back then Dixon has come and gone when Dixon wasn't Dixon, right. stuff like that, and uh, that really opened me up. I met so many people. Mm-hmm. I was watching DJs play. Uh, okay. Blue Frog was a club. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I know. That Frog, was one yeah. of. I've been to Blue Frog, been to Zenzi, been to these iconic clubs in Bombay. Right. Yeah. Met like the people who I met uh, back then and partied on the floor right now are like promoters, are uh, heads of various uh, industry heads working mm-hmm. in different different. Uh, so we all started back then on the floor. Right. So that is what really gave that two three years in Bombay for me. Mm-hmm. So that was a very important part of uh, life. Yeah, and then I did coming. six months of uh, uh, in an ad agency as an internship, and oh, I right. was uh, every day for twelve hours working on thirty second clips. <laughs> and okay. uh, after four five months, I realized this is not what I want to do. So you were working as an audio engineer there. Yeah. Alright. Oh, right, as right. audio engineer, as a as not a main auditor, like the yeah. assistant auditor. Alright. So what was your work there? Uh, basically to look over what he's doing and okay. then once he's done rip the files <laughs> <laughs> it's like the boring job yeah and then he would give me stuff but again it was just working with a one minute clip and voice overs miking people right right i miked a lot of these actors and actresses who came right 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 uh, but it is so you do have a very professional background in audio engineering as well right just for that for 5 mm-hmm. 6 months like so you never continue that never i never want to do that i want mm-hmm. to be a dj mm-hmm. i want to be a music producing dj so do you think like you're learning this tech little bit of the technical drum helped oh, it helped a lot helped a lot right, right. And what ways did you think uh, you improved yourself after uh, getting a little bit more knowledge? like just the respect of uh, the equipment right. respect of the process that people right. put behind it yeah, yeah. and uh, just the fact that it is not a easy life yeah, and you have to yeah. put in uh, cuz the people i met uh, the years and years that they have put in mm-hmm. um that really gave me that perspective yeah so i i will not be i would not call myself a engineer like right now if something goes wrong i'll take probably an hour to fix it right but uh, what i learned over over these years is what i feel has really helped me a lot yeah it is a very uh, um, uh, underrated uh, i guess uh, oh yeah feel. it's super underrated like it's it's you really need to love it to do it yeah yeah that is one yeah, of those yeah but if you want to 
Uh, if you want to just dabble in it, it's not. You have to get into it. Yeah, you have to get your hands exactly. dirty. Exactly. Yeah. So you have a uh, track coming from. Uh, what is the date of release? I forgot. It is on. Uh, 9th September. 9th yeah. September on uh, uh, Superb Records. Yes. Right? So Superb is my favorite uh, home Red, label. Record I'm, label. Yeah. yeah I you signed. Are you signed there? Yeah. So my first EP was released on Superb. All right. And. Uh, then I took a long time to release again and uh, they released on a couple of other labels but yeah Superb is run by these two amazing people Ashroy and Ashwin right. and uh, I look up to them uh, I also look up to another individual in my career was uh, Arjun Wagle mm-hmm. so he runs Odd again a massive and amazing label right. so that is more than the, uh, my 6 and 7 stars right, <laughs> and right. Superb is my 4 and 5 stars yeah, yeah, <laughs> you would say it is like yeah, that yeah, yeah. So uh, these two be uh, these three people have mm-hmm. really uh, influenced me a lot. And uh, so what what uh, when did you meet these guys? Like uh, early on in my career, again right. early on as a kid in Mumbai. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, all over. Okay, okay. Early on, and uh, now they have become super big and they have taught yeah. me so much. Right, uh, right. And uh, appreciate that. So superb again is my release coming out on a VA, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I love this track because I've experimented with acid sounds. Alright. Uh, the 303 sounds. Mm-hmm. My first time ever. Mm-hmm. After making five tracks, then I thought, okay, this one is ready to <laughs> release. And right. so I sent it ahead and they liked it and they picked it up. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for the release. Um, what was your influence for this particular track? Uh, psychedelic, a hypnotic, and acid. These right, three right. things. So yeah, um, great that this track is getting released. Uh, I heard, I guess I heard a preview of it like uh, later uh, yesterday. We did it. Yeah. I really liked it, man. And I'm into like I, I discovered minimal techno after listening to Boris Precha and uh, yeah, some of he's these. Again huge, yeah. Yeah. He's 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 on the top layer. But then I slowly started discovering some other artists. Uh, yeah, Killa has some great artists so who make some uh, yeah. really dark, nice music. Yeah, so so how do you think um, the music scene in India is heading towards? You think you think there's a hope of you know a better bur- burst of? Uh, For sure, it's it's grown exponentially every year. Yeah. And every year, the crowd is becoming smarter, more educated. Right. Promoters are becoming more and more professional and amazing. The mm-hmm. amount of gigs that were happening before the lockdown, the mm-hmm. prom- the artists that the promoters were getting mm-hmm. in India was, and right. uh, me following them four five years ago never imagined they would be in India, and mm-hmm. they were. Only they weren't coming to Pune, but they were coming to yeah. all the other cities. Right, right, right. So yeah, I see. I I don't. See, I see this as a uh, just a break or a glitch mm-hmm. in the story of. Uh, it's just gonna keep growing, man. It's it's gonna be a huge industry. Yeah. You do you think like there's an, a technological influence on uh, you know the increase of uh, liking towards electronic music? Of course. You think the, technology the, is about the way to streaming of music has helped yeah. a lot. Right. And uh, a lot of festivals. I think. In general, all the world, uh, the baby boomers are going out, and the new generation is coming, and mm-hmm. the new generation like likes this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, I think so. I'm, we are running out of time yes. here, uh, so we should end at this. Um, thanks for ha- coming to this podcast. Thank man. you for having me. It was yeah, great having it, you. Loved it. Yeah. Anything for Mayo sounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks again. Man. Cheers. Bye.